Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. Mm. So I'm drinking Island Coconut Green Mountain Coffee. They're not a sponsor, but I love Green Mountain Coffees. They're so delicious. And Island Coconut just gives like a nice little hint of coconut. It's not overpowering. I don't like super sweet coffee at all. I just like flavor that's robust and delicious. And anyway, Island Coconut transports me because I I love Hawaii. I love islands in general. I think all my favorite places in the world are islands, actually. Um, Maybe a couple peninsulas. I grew up in a peninsula. I live in a peninsula now. Um, But I was thinking about islands. And you know how there's that icebreaker about if you were stranded or deserted on an island, you know, who would you take with you or who would you want to be with you? And I was thinking about this when I was drinking my island coconut coffee. So I'm pretty much riffing this one this morning. I just decided, why not? I'll turn the mic on. I think if I was shipwrecked and I was on an island off the top of my head, um, I would, I'd want my, my husband there. I think that's a given. Um, not that because he's good in crisis, He's really not, but I will say I'm good in crisis, and he's good at listening to me in crisis, so I think I could, you know, we could be partners, and I could delegate, and he's strong, so he could help, you know, build things and whatnot on a a desert island. Um, I'd want my kitty cats there for companionship and just stress relief, frankly, hugging them, petting them, and maybe they could catch some fish for us. I don't know. The crazier things have happened. They're smart cats. Um, I think... I think about my friend Teresa um, or my um, my soul sisters. Actually, I have lots of I have a good circle of soul sisters called uh, we call ourselves the Pink Ladies because when my friend Teresa got married, uh, we went uh, on her bachelorette party in Vegas and wore pink wigs and people called us Pink Ladies and that was, gosh, I don't know, almost twenty years ago now. I can't keep track. It's been a long time, but she's very resourceful. She's also a person of faith. And she can cook, and I know she's good at, like, cooking a lot of things that I like, especially Mexican food. So it'd be nice to have her there. It'd be fun. Her, Carrie, Gabby, all my pink ladies. They would all be great companionship for humor um, and everything. I think my brother, too, because he has mad survival skills, lots of outdoor equipment, just practicality there. He's been camping forever his whole life and knows all the outdoorsy stuff, Boy Scout, the whole thing. Although, I will say, both of my oldest nephews are Eagle Scouts, so they would probably come in handy. Okay, I know, I'm going down a place, but you see the point, right? You have to, when you think about who would you want on a desert, a deserted island with you, you start to think about the people in your life, right? And you start to assess, like, well, what skills do you need or what skills do you want or who would you want there for companionship? Who's going to be helpful versus harmful, right? I know people I, I really wouldn't want on a desert island with me. Um, so, but how often do we consider the islands in our lives or the circles in our lives of people that we allow to get close to us? And I always thought when I was younger, I was all about like being friends with everybody and wanting 
to be liked, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it feels good when people like you. I think even in high school, like, I would probably jump from different cliques throughout my high school time. I mean, I had a few very consistent friends, but I feel like I, I knew people from every clique, and I was cool with people from every clique. And um, I liked that. And same thing when I was, you know, when I was working young, when I was working at Disneyland, when I was in college, it was just about like, I had lots of friends and, and, you know, a lot of acquaintances, so to speak. And I do believe that now being in my mid 40s, I think as you get older, you do recognize that your your circle around you, it, it not only needs to get smaller, you want it to get smaller. Because there are so few people in your life I think you can trust wholeheartedly to be 110% vulnerable with and to share life with and people who you know if something happened in your life like they would you know give you the shirt off their back kind of people and um, I mean I have lots of circles in my life I'm very blessed I already told you about pink ladies I um, I work at Disney obviously I'm part of women at Disney and I help co-lead the circles program and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but we invite people all over the company to moderate small group circles of um, amazing ladies on, and it can be for any different topics, or it can be for, you know, they also invite, you know, men to be allies too and some, and or women in tech, you know, moms, groups. Um, mine is about leadership, duh, obviously, obvi, just kidding. Um... So we have that, and I love the power in bringing, you know, especially women in leadership, bringing a group together to really do life together. But you, but you don't just bring people together, stick them in a room, and it's like, yay, we trust each other. Like, you have to earn that trust. You have to grow together, and you have to share and be vulnerable of yourselves. And sometimes that does mean someone might violate it or someone might hurt your feelings. And I think then people show their, their true colors, and then you realize, okay, well, Maybe you're not in my circle of trust after all. Um, and I'm also part of, um, there's a solutions, poverty solutions group partnering with St. Luke's and Winter Garden um, on Circles Winter's Garden, Winter Garden. And this is to be allies um, coming alongside people who want to transition from poverty, want to better themselves, want to set goals and, you know, enhance their lives and futures. So Circles is clearly a a very uh, common thread in my life. It's a theme in my life. But I think it's important for all of us to have circles, but to, to be very intentional about who the circle is, your circle of trust around you. It's like that movie, you know, Meet the Parents. Um, and when Robert De Niro talks about the circle of trust and whether Greg's in or out of it, you know, is important. I think all of us need those circles, but we need to be very discerning about who we allow into those circles. And that doesn't, I'm not trying to sound like mean girls here. It's like, can, you can't sit with us. You know, it's not that kind of a thing. It's just, and, and I believe, as you all know, it's like I believe in showing love to the masses and to everybody and, and to being a light to other people and to, you know, being a, a friend and a, and a colleague and all that. But I'm talking about like your tiny circle of people who are really in your your tight-knit circle of having each other's backs, really sharing deep stuff on in life with. I think it's important. And it's important who you allow in that. Um, I was in one of my devotionals recently, and the verse in Proverbs popped up, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Uh, it's Proverbs 13. Isn't that the truth, right? It's like even if you if you don't, 
you know, if you're not a person of faith, it's fine. It's the same kind of notion of whoever you're walking with, whoever you're doing life with is likely who you're going to emulate more and you're going to be more alike. And it's kind of like when you think about when you're kids, you know, you're you're judged by the company you keep, but it's, it is true, right? Peer pressure is a real thing, especially when you're a teenager and you're trying to figure yourself out. When you, when you decide, I think about my little brother, and he's, you know, in prison. He's going to be there a very long time and already has been there a very long time. And I think about the friends he had in high school, and he could have very easily gone the way of one of his close friends that ended up going to Stanford and becoming an economics professor. But he decided to choose a different circle of friends who smoked out and partied hard and just made bad choices, frankly. And that is a choice for us to give in or not to give in to not just peer pressure, but to choose the company that we keep. Are these people going to lift us up or are they going to bring us down? Are they going to be cheerleaders and champions in your life? Or are they going to be naysayers and negative and cut you down all the time? I mean, I, um, I have an older sister who I used to be very close to a, long, a while ago. It's been many years since we've really talked, and I know that's very sad. But the reason for that is, is because she just was constantly negative in my life, constantly criticizing every move that I made. And I put up with it for a long time in the name of family. Oh, she's my sister. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But after a while, it does grade at your self-esteem. It grades at your own, you know, it just, it, it's hurtful. And I realized, and it took me a long time to get there, but I realized just because you are born and you happen to share some strands of DNA with some parental types that you didn't, you know, even choose to be here. It doesn't mean you need these people in your life if they're not going to add value to you and vice versa. I mean, I think iron sharpens iron, right? And if you bring people into your circle who are going to be an encourager and not somebody that necessarily is going to just say yes to every agreement, you know, if you say people... I, my pink ladies, we challenge each other all the time, but we do it out of love. We do it out of love and speaking the truth and care. And even when like, okay, it's cool. You're not going to agree with me. I still support you. I still love you no matter what happens with your decision. It's fine. That's what friends are. That's what fam family should be. That's why I believe in chosen family because both my husband and I have a lot of family members that have hurt us deeply for a lot of reasons and who are really, frankly, just not good people and not the people they portray to be, especially like on social media and such. I just roll my eyes a lot because it's like, oh, you act like you're such a great human and, you know, holier than thou, you know, salt of the earth kind of person. But it's like, well, it's not really who you are. And uh, again, I don't believe in, well, that's all that matters is family. And I'm sorry if there are pastors or ministers or people who are listening to me now going, that's a horrible thing to say. It's like, well, I also think that a dad who molests their daughter, the daughter has every right to cut that person out of their life. It's, I know that's a drastic example, but these are not the type of people you want in your circle. I don't care if you happen to be in the same family tree. So I think it's really, really important to assess the people in your life. I still love my sister. I still pray for her every day, literally every day. And, but I also know that where she's at, or at least where she was, was not in a healthy place. I mean, I feel bad for her. I, I know that her life has not turned out the way she probably wanted it to, but those were all because of her choices. But instead of being humble, I think, and, and just embracing the people who did love her around, it's like all she ever did was just criticize all of us. And it's like, 
I just, I don't want that around me. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life, as one would say, right? So anyway, I did not plan to go down that trip. But um, I think just just letting everybody know who's listening that you do need to be very discerning and very choosing doesn't mean you have to not love people. It's just it's okay to distance people in your life if they are not um, and not someone who should be in your trust, someone who's violated your trust maybe many times over doesn't mean you you don't forgive because, I mean, I 100% forgive her because that only eats me up. I don't hold any resentment towards anything. This is not being resentful. This is not being not loving. There's a big difference. Um, read the book by Dr. Henry Cloud about boundaries. It's a life-changing book because, you know, we are not meant to be doormats, you know, even as, as people of faith or Christians, if you are. That doesn't mean you just take everything from people either. Because to me, I look at that and I go, there's only so much I can do as a human. You're not my problem. You're definitely God's problem at the end of the day. Um, And again, you still love and you still kind of move on with your life and show people love. But when they do, you know, cross those boundaries so much and so often, it's okay to set new ones. All right. Well, let's get into some sips. And the sips this week for this particular episode are a little more homework for you all. And I would love if you want to direct message me, you know, DM me, whatever, reach out. If you want some help, totally free, no strings attached, going through this type of an exercise. So drawing some circles on a piece of paper, draw a little one, then draw a bigger outer one. And sip number one, go into, just brainstorm at first. Who is in your circle of trust? Who would you consider in your circle of trust? And write all those people down. And then sip number two, who needs to be removed from your circle, your innermost circle? Maybe, maybe push to the outer circle a bit. Identify those people. And again, thinking about all the things, you know, we've talked about thinking about who, who unconditionally loves you, who is supportive, but who also maybe is a good, you know, person, accountability partner for things who sponsors you, who advocates for you, who's a mentor to you. And and I'm not saying that all those people need to be older than you. I learn, I have people in my, lots of people in my life and people also in my inner circle who are much younger than me and I learn from them every day, right? Make it a very diverse little inner circle there so people can help you from all different aspects of your life. And sip number three, So you have your inner circle, you have that outer rung circle. Take this and coach and mentor others to be intentional about who they surround themselves with. Make sure that you can use this. It's the simplest model on the face of the planet. Just do some, you know, circles and rings on a paper. And and recognize, too, that that outer ring is a ring, a sphere of influence, And then identify some of those actions. Okay, well, how can I influence others without maybe bringing them into my innermost sanctum, if if you will? And then as you're coaching and talking to others about it, maybe you start with the island and think about, all right, who would you want if you were shipwrecked on an island? No rescue in sight. Who would you want to be there with you? And... What does that look like? And who are those people? And who would you maybe not want to? And you'd be happy that they, they rode off on a raft into the horizon. 
that's your circle of trust. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.